Oh man, you know so so this past week, wow, it was killers. It was killers. So um anyway, I do what's called um click funnels. I don't know if you guys that what you know to make things simple, I do a lot of online work, right? And I never thought I would be doing this. Like this is another thing I never thought I would be doing. Like there's so many things in my life I never thought I would be doing. But all you got to do really is set forth the intention, take the baby steps, and God opens the doors. That, I mean, you know, really, it's that simple, right? And it's always been that way. And, and today, I'm going to talk about that on the podcast, okay? Because you guys can do this. You guys can do this. The whole purpose of the podcast, okay, is not like, okay, the, the podcast is junior flexing. No, the podcast is saying, hey, junior did that. You can do that. Right. Okay. That's that's the whole that's the whole thing behind the podcast and my personal life experiences because right, you guys go through the same thing in different forms or different you know whatever. But first, the attitude of gratitude. So um, we just gotta say that um, <laughs> Apple Podcast has gone all the way down to fifty four percent. Okay, and what that means is that the other entities that carry the show went up. Now, I told you guys, like, I will never, ever, ever doubt uh, these uh, millennial techies again. Because, uh, yeah, thank you, Jay. Uh, he, so he really, um, oh, he, he just overhauled the podcast, like, for the third time. So this is, this is the third go-around right here. But um, so Apple Podcasts is at 54%. Spotify used to be 14. They went up. They're 15. Web browsers, okay, more people are listening to the podcast on web browsers. That never happened. Okay, that's 9%. iHeartRadio, which came in at, I don't know, 2%, whatever, is up to 8%. Now, people on iHeartRadio around the world have heard uh, Junior Kekoeva Jr. Junior Kekoeva Jr. is an international brand. But that was like, you know, unexpected, right? Um, like who, who's going to make the connection, right? You're listening to a radio station, okay? Radio on iHeart Media. All of a sudden, cause podcast is like a different animal, right? And you got to go onto their website and then go onto the podcast section. And then, you know, so it takes a lot of work. So I, they might be people that never heard of me, but, uh, this percentage shows a significant, uh, gain. So 8%, I can't even tell you, uh, how many thousands of people that is. Uh, that's, that's quite a bit. Anchor, 3%. Ghana, now India, remember I was telling you on the, on the last podcast, G-A-A-N-A, Ghana in India is 2%. So they're, they're kind of, you know, uh, building. And then the other one is, uh, it just says other, 10%. So that, oh, that's, that's amazing. Anyway, today's podcast, we don't want to bore you, uh, with the stats. Uh, my, my, uh, demos are, I think 27 to dead. Is it 27 to dead? It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's 28 to dead. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, on today's podcast, we want to say, well, we just first, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but on today's podcast, we're going to talk to you guys about how I manifested my music career. My career in music or in entertainment because I went the long way around. But this long way around gave me an education on everything. Okay. And, um, mostly, you know, I want to say it, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it worked though. You know, it worked. So let, let's say, you know, you want to be a baker 
And then, um, you know, you don't have the money to build a bakery, right? Um, no bakery wants to give you a job. So what do you do? Right. You know, maybe you, maybe you work for, uh, a delivery company that services the bakery or whatever. You see what I'm saying? It's just a long way around. So here's what I did. So back in the day, right? I went and this is how my, this is how my, my entertainment career, like music career, like the guy with the microphone in front of the orchestra started. Okay. Um, and, and the orchestra for many, many years was Brother Wayne on keyboard and he, he was all I needed. And with low overhead like that, I mean, you know, it, you didn't have to hire the whole band, the whole orchestra, you know, and, and the cost for the client was lower too, right? But anyway, so how we did this was, well, how, I, how I did this was when I first, um, you know, knew probably around, I don't know how old I was. I was really young. Right. And I would go down into the valley and I was smoking cigarettes at the time, you know, high school, you know, all that stuff. And I would take my cigarettes down in the valley and I would picture all this stuff. And I, you know, I would run it through my head. I would sit there singing songs, closing my eyes, visualizing all this stuff. I had no idea of the law of attraction. I did not know that it existed or it was a thing. I didn't even know we could manifest anything. Right. But human beings, every human being can. Okay. But when you get so distracted and locked into the matrix, that's where the problem lies, Owens, okay? That's where it is. And that's what you got to break free from, okay? I can thank my uncle for that. He was my first mentor, right? At, at 13, he sat me down and he goes, bro, it's like this. And you know, at 13, you just hear like, you know, in, in the old days, we said Charlie Brown's teacher because on the Charlie Brown cartoon, it was wah, 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 like that, right? And that's all I heard because I, I wasn't, you know, I, I heard the words. I remembered everything I heard, but I didn't do anything, right? I didn't take any action. I, did, I was 13, right? To me, the, the highlight of 13 for, for me was going to the beach, surfing, Um uh, playing music for the chicks on the beach. I mean, that, that, that's what I was doing on a 13. I mean, you know, it, it, in those days. And so, um, that was my world, but I used to visualize this stuff right now. Fast forward, let's go to 17. So I graduate high school, right? My mom and I get in a big fight and I go, you know what? Put me on a plane <laughs> and I'm not coming back until I'm a celebrity or whatever. I think I said I'm a star. I'm until I'm a star. You're not coming back, right? Okay. No, I did pretty good. I held out for 10 years. <laughs> I held out for 10 years. I went, but it was a turbulent 10 years because it was my 20s. Okay. And so she put me on a plane. She goes, okay, you want to go on a plane? Yeah. Okay. Put you on a plane. And I came to Oahu. Okay. The, this is the main island. Uh, we have a lot of international people. So this is the main island of Hawaii. Okay. Now, I don't know. You know, the other thing is I have no idea why people in India are following me. I have no idea why people in South Korea and Japan and like all these countries follow me. Okay. I think they just listen to this crazy guy and they go, wow, he's pretty, he's pretty cool. And they follow me. So, <laughs> so anyway, all right. But thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. All right. So she puts me on the plane. I come over here, right? And I stay with my uncle and that, that my first mentor, right? And I'm staying with him in a studio apartment, um, really cramping his style. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm there, right? And it's a small, you know, I, my, my place was the living room and, and whatever. And I slept in the living room. Now, he, you know, at some point, I don't know what point, 
but at some point he goes bro you know you gotta go get one job <laughs> so i'm like okay all right so um i went about getting a job mm-hmm. i just went to one place and that kind of did it for me right i went to this place and um it was called the control data building okay I, I don't know what they did and maybe they controlled some data in there i don't know but they had different offices different you know it, they rented out office space to you know different people right it's now a hospital a hospital uh clinic but so i went over there right and i was looking because I, I was familiar with the place and i was just looking around right i looked on the the directory the building directory and then it said columbia school of broadcasting Right. And I thought, oh, well, actually, first it was on. Uh, well, I can't I can't mention the name of the business because they might still be in business, but it was a carpet cleaning uh, company. No names, Hawaiians, no names. <laughs> so, I, the last podcast went slip. So we had to. Yeah, we had to. Uh, my attorney was like, uh, yeah, you you better. Yeah, you better ax that one. Anyway, so so uh, it was a carpet cleaning service. And I thought, well, I can clean carpets. You know what I mean? I mean, I ended up working rent-to-own, you know. So, I like, I can clean carpets. And, uh, you know, and I wasn't afraid of manual labor. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I welcomed it, as a matter of fact. Because I'm, I'm like, I don't care. I just, I just want to, you know, work with good people, right? Work for good people. So, I applied, okay? I went down to the, to the bottom floor. I was leaving the building. And I said, wait. So this is what I tell you guys about inspired thought. So I had inspired thought. And that inspired thought was, bro, you better check the directory one more time just to see if there's more places you can apply for, you know, so, so you can, you know, broaden your chances of working, right? Get a job. So I went back to the, the, the uh, directory and I was looking and I was looking and I go, whoa, Columbia School of Broadcasting, right? And I saw the... You know, I saw, I saw that on TV. They had TV commercials that ran like night and day. You know, Columbia School of Broadcasting, whatever. And they gave the number and, and what it is. So it's no longer uh, it's no longer in business. And, and what this is by way back in the day. Okay, so so I go upstairs, right? Because I want information now at this point. I go upstairs and I talk to the guy and he goes, well, uh, we can audition you like right now. And I'm like, really? And then, and then later on, right, I get to know these guys, and I see the the way the marketing works, and you know, like, you know. But so I go, okay, so I, yeah, I don't know anything, right? I'm a, I'm a young kid, right? And 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 I was hanging out with Hawaii's greatest star already, you know. And this was like on the side, right? And so um, I I went up and I I auditioned, and I was always really good at English and reading and you know writing and that that kind of thing. In fact, later on in, in life, I went to college for writing. Uh, but anyway, that's, a, that's not a podcast, right? So the guy auditions me. He goes, here's the script. He goes, okay, read the script. <laughs> and he, I auditioned for him, right? He goes, wow, you would make a great disc jockey. And we didn't call him radio personalities back in the day. They call them disc jockeys, right? So now, of course, a, you know, a professional disc jockey is telling me I'd be a great disc jockey. So... Of course you feel good, right? Of course you. I know guys that went to that school that, you know, were not good disc jockeys, right? And never ended up in professional positions. And so, so like for me, I was, I was like, whoa, you know, so, so I, I'm like, all right, this is what I like to, I like to do this, 
right? So instead of working, I like go to school now, right? So so my life took a, a hard left, right? I was like, and, and I went to the left, right? Everything you own in a box to the left, Hawaiians, right? So that, there I went. Okay, so then I called my mom, right? I said, mom, uh, I found out what I like do. Um, I like go to school. And I told her what it was. I told her everything. And, and to her, it made sense, right? Because my mom, you, you know, I have a kind of mother, right? She made the decisions because she wore the pants in the house. My dad, um, he wore pants too, but <laughs> different division, <laughs> different department, right? Uh, but but my mom, you know, was like the decision maker and she controlled everything, you know. So like most women do in Hawaii, right? It's a It's an Asian household thing. I grew up in an Asian household. And so anyway, she goes, all right. She wrote the check for $5,000. It was 5000 something in those days. And um, it kept, kept going up. <laughs> like, I don't know. At one point, somebody told, I, I asked them, like, how much you paid? Oh, I paid, I paid 8000 You know, I'm like, what? I'm like, because I, you know, nothing really changed with the program. It was low overhead. They just had a, they just had an office space. I mean, you know, but anyway. So, <laughs> so I was like, wow, these guys kept raising the price. Right? And then we found out later, like these guys were telling everybody they would be great disc jockeys, you know. So then at that point, I started questioning, like, okay, am I a good disc jockey or not? Like, you know, because you wonder, right? So anyway, I, I, I go to school. After the second month, I'm already working in a radio station. Now, the reason why all of this happened is because when I saw this, I go, oh, okay. You know, I, I, I was the youngest, um, I was the youngest, side note, I was the youngest um, person to have a radio show on my home island, which is, uh, which is the island of Kauai, right, when I was 14. And that lasted only for a few weeks because my mom refused to drive me halfway around the island to get there. And um, <laughs> so, but the guy gave me a, sh- a one-hour show. Like I had, you know, I had a one-hour show anyway. Uh, but anyway, so let's get back, right? So he told me, like, if you ever wanted to get into radio, you know, and, and when I saw the Columbia School of Broadcasting thing on the, on the thing, I thought, okay, this is my way to get into entertainment. Right. Because it was fast because these guys told me I was good because these guys was, you know, doing whatever to get five thousand dollars. Basically. Right. I was like, I was like, hey, yeah, you know what? This is faster. And and I'm going to get in now and I'm going to, you know, get to know these guys. Then, I, you know, and the human brain puts all this stuff together really quick. And because I have an ADHD brain, even faster, right? So I could see the picture already. The picture was, okay, bro, you get in and do this, right? You meet the right guys. You meet the record guys. You meet the music guys. You meet the entertainers. And then, boom, you're going to get in with them, right? Like with the entertainment side. And then you can do your music. Then you can be like Frank Sinatra, Don Ho, Sam Kapoor, all them guys, right? Because those were all famous entertainers in Hawaii, Okay, Don, Don Ho and Sam Kapoor were the top two entertainers in Hawaii, like the top. And then, and then in, in America, what I saw was Frank Sinatra, right? And, and Dean Martin and Perry Como. And, um, all these guys were like things uh, back in the day, you know, and, and the two, my two favorites was Frank Sinatra and, uh, Dean Martin nationally. But my favorite nationally was Dean Martin because he could do anything. He could do comedy. He could sing. He could act. He could anything. 
And he wasn't like Frank Sinatra. He was humble. I mean, he was, he was, you know, and when I say humble, I mean like Frank, Frank Sinatra could be a little abrasive, right? He could, he, he could be a little on, on the hard side, right? But Dean Martin, he was easy going. And every time I look in the mirror, you know, I go, okay, which one are you, right? And I'm easy going. I'm easy going until somebody crosses me and then I become Frank Sinatra. So, <laughs> but anyway, so that happened, right? That happened. So I thought, okay, this is my chance, right? I go, cause these guys want me. These guys are gonna take me in and teach me. So there I went. After two months, I started working in radio already. Mm-hmm. And my first radio gig, right, was with this guy. He's still alive, so I'm not gonna mention his name. Was this guy, right? He let me be um uh, what you call we call them gophers, you know, like go for this, go for that. Um, but he let me he let me do that. So it was like in those days we would take records off the shelf and then we would put records back on the shelf, right? So we would call it you know pulling music. So we would pull the albums, or he would tell me which albums to pull, and I'd take this stack of albums. And then when he was done with the albums, I would put them away where I found them, right back in. Uh, they had them in um, I think they had them in categorical order or whatever. They had them in it wasn't alphabetical, but it was it was in order. Uh, by artists, I think. And so, anyway, that's how I started in radio. And I was at the, the school. Now, back in the old days, um, you could go and you could go to a radio station and you would see people from other radio stations hanging out. I mean, just in the studio, hanging out, being friendly, uh, a lot of aloha and stuff like that. Uh, and it, you know, I started at a Hawaiian radio station at an AM Hawaiian radio station. And there was other guys over there from like FM stations. And, and in those days, FM was like, mm, if you were FM, it was like, that was a new thing. So people weren't even having a high regard for FM. It was just radio, you know, until FM became a thing. And, and one day I would do the podcast. I would do the podcast called The Death of am radio because i was i was listening i was listening always anyway so so this you know i start you know doing this stuff for this guy right um and and i always tell people that the way i started in radio was oh you let me go get this let me do this you, you like one sandwich i run down the street get you some donuts you like coffee like <laughs> stuff like that. i would do anything right and um so so those you know i did that right and um then the second thing I did, right, was a couple years later, after I had been, you know, doing this stuff for a while, this guy sat me down. He was a very, very famous disc jockey, and he was a production, uh, I mean, a program director, sorry, at the time. And he sat me down. He said, hey, if you stay with us, because I, you know, I was, I was doing cartoon impressions for these guys. I was doing everything I did at 10 years old. I was doing for these guys. And they were like, wow, this guy can do a lot of crap, you know. And so this guy sat me down in this dark restaurant in downtown. Okay, so back in the day, they had these creepy-looking restaurants, right? Where you could go for the, like a two-martini lunch kind of deal, right? These guys would go downtown. So the, these business guys, they would work, right? On lunch hour, they would be sucking them up down at this place. I saw these guys. And, they, you know, they would have a beer or, or whatever it is, Right? And then they'd be chewing gum or, you know, whatever they had to do. And they go back to the office. So, so, but this is, this is the old days and how they worked, right? And so this guy sat me down and he goes, hey, you know, I'll, if you stay with me for one year, I, you know, 
I'll, I'll make you the, the biggest thing in radio. And I'm like, whoa. You know, it was kind of like the broadcasting uh, school thing, you know. So I, I have um, always uh, experienced those kinds of things. And most recently, right, it was like, hey, you know, no promises, but come down. And then, you know, and uh, so, so what they do is they get your hopes up kind of thing. Right. That kind of stuff. Like there's there's always things like that. But you got to understand that in the entertainment industry, in radio, in television and stuff like that, when they present it to you. Right. They present it to you like, oh, this could be this could be the one. This could be something good. This could be. OK. Um, so I'm retired from all of that. I'm retired from all of it. I, I, I'm like, OK, this last time was the last time. That, that's it. I'm done. But. The way they presented to you, right? So this guy was the biggest thing in the radio. I'm like, what? So anyway, that happened, right? I got fired from that job because I wasn't supposed to go, you know, um, I'll, I'll tell you guys what it was. I wasn't supposed to go into the production room because they were trying to find out who was stealing records, right? It wasn't me. But but I went up there, okay? Now, you guys you guys totally going to get this. I went up there to make one chick, one mixtape. Okay, I don't know. I don't know if you guys, if you guys, younger guys, know what a mixtape is. It's just a bunch of music, okay. And it's on a tape, right? But in the middle of the mixtape, I was being the announcer guy, you know. And now here's so and so with so and so, whatever. You see what I'm saying? To impress the chick, right? Well, she was already impressed. She was, she was impressed I was working there. She, you know, we were already the kind. But, but that, that was how I got fired. And I went up there when I wasn't supposed to, and everybody was told, stay out, right? And I went up and I went jam the mixtape for this. So my, my biggest problems are probably all involving chicks in my life. That's just me. Uh, but on the other hand, all my clients, the majority of my clients have been chicks. So yeah, chicks take care of me. Uh, chicks bring me down. <laughs> you know, all of that, right? Chicks, chicks, chicks. So, so that's why, you know, the, the next pod, well, not the next podcast, but one of these podcasts is going to uh, tell you guys how I actually became Charlie from Two and a Half Men, the real life Charlie from Two and a Half Men. But anyway, so that happened, right? So radio kind of goes along. It kind of goes along. You get the five dollar an hour jobs, and you know I had this, and then I had this brief ethnic thing where I went, um, you know, I did a, a Samoan pro. I didn't. I, I worked with Samoan uh, this guy, the Samoan guy, um, and he did a Samoan show, and I did a show right after him. And then I worked at a Filipino radio station, and they they treated me like royalty. I mean, they brought food. They, I mean, everything. You know, the Filipino community was so awesome to me. It was so awesome. And then I went to work for the Hawaiian community, and that was a different story. But you know, but still, right? So I had this string of ethnic radio that I did, and um, and it really builds character. It really does, uh, especially when you when you do like a. A radio station where people love you because you take an interest in their culture, you know, and that was the the Filipino people. Mm-hmm. So life goes on, radio goes, 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 goes. Right now, the goal in my head was never radio. I never wanted to be the radio guy. I mean, you know, not because it was bad or anything, but I wanted to do my music. So in the meantime, right, I mean. Brought a Wayne back in on a 1984, and I was I was young, <laughs> I was young, and Brother Wayne was like 11 years older than me, right? 
So basically, my entire adult life was spent with Brother Wayne doing music, like learning. The, the first part was like learn, 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 practice, practice, practice. And then one day, this guy needs a replacement, right, for, uh, for this other guy who was one of the main guys. And you know, the thing was, right, up until that time, I was like, Oh man, I can never, I can never get to, to be one of the main guys. Like I can never get to, to that, right? Because there are gatekeepers. Okay. There's gatekeepers in it, in Hawaii. Oh my God. We're going to make another podcast about politics. That's coming up, but there are gatekeepers. And if you don't get past these gatekeepers, right? You don't get in, you don't get to do stuff. You really don't. These are, these are gatekeepers. They keep the gates firmly, um, uh, controlled. Let's say, let's use the word control instead of lock because they're not locked. People get through the gates, but it's only the guys they approve. <laughs> okay. And I was never approved of, you know, and, and so, and recently this guy, this one guy told me, he said, he said, well, yeah, you know, don't, don't be, uh, what did he say? He said, don't be a victim or, or whatever. Stop being the victim. And I'm like, no, I'm not the victim. This is reality. And that reality, you know, you see, see, here's the thing. God will not allow you to go where you're not supposed to go, right? Even though I like go, you know, and even my mom, who is not God, <laughs> but sometimes she acts like it, right? But she's not God. And, and, and she, she always told me, like from day one, right? Like when I first got on this, this, you know, show, right? And, and that's where I was getting was like this guy, you know, was out for a week. I substituted and that was the lucky break. That was the thing that opened up everything and then boom, right? And then, then I got to do my music. Okay. But my mom, when I, when I was, you know, going through this thing, there's certain things that happen. And I would call my mom and I go, mom, you know, this is, I don't know, these, these guys, cause, cause what I noticed right along the way is people from this island, right? They all grew up together. They all know each other. They all, you know, like that. It's a very small place. Now on my island, they don't treat me like that. On my island, I grew up with all them guys. I know all them guys. I mean, those guys treat me like, you know, like a prince, right? Like whatever. They don't treat me like a king cause, yeah, they, they won't let me get that carried away, but they, but they're good to me is what I'm saying. And, and on that island, oh, bro, I could do anything, right? So, but I didn't, there was nothing for me to do. So I came here to this island. Now this island, there's a whole bunch of guys. They all grew up together. They all come up together. And you know, it, this is their island, basically. Okay. So you cannot, you cannot, you know, go, go make a big fuss about it. You just got to go in whatever happens. And my mom always told me, you don't need these guys. You know, when I, when I tried to get into this record company, right? She goes, you don't need those guys. And I'm like, no, but ma, it's not about needing or not needing. It's, I like, <laughs> I like to do that, right? I want to, I want to do that. And so anyway, as I'm putting up with the politics and the emotional, you know, what do you call it? The, uh, the toxic work environment, right? We talked about that. But as I'm putting up with all of this stuff, right? I keep hearing this from my mom. You don't need these guys. And I already had two companies. I was already making money. And I think, I think that was part of the problem, right? Cause you know, you, you need people you can control. You need people, uh, because in one job I had, right? They had a 90 day, probationary period okay where they would give you minimum wage before your salary kicked in at 90 days you know what happens in 90 days when you do that Hawaiians here this is what happens okay and this is 
this is good for you young guys, okay? And this is all part of life coaching, so you guys are aware of these things. When you come across a 90-day probationary period at minimum, okay, here's what happens. If you're coming out of a job that's minimum, no problem, okay? I was coming out of a, I was coming out of a, a, a um, it wasn't a salary job. It was a, it was income, a, a certain level of income, okay? Now, in 90 days at minimum, your pay drops dramatically, okay? By the end of 90 days, now this is a strategy. At the end of 90 days, right, you need this job. You cannot quit. You cannot walk out. Why? Because everything backed up and you got to pay it off. And then it takes you two to three months to get everything back to the level you were before the 90 day probationary period okay you guys young guys got that there you go you get that from unks anyway so that's a 90 day you know i went through that right <clears throat> so my mom meanwhile is telling me look just focus on your companies grow your companies do your stuff you don't need that and i'm like no but i have this creative side the right brain right and so when they call i go when somebody goes, hey, we need this, this I go, right? Um, if, if it's the right thing, you know, and in radio, right? When this, when this big thing happened, I could only work with this one guy. That's the only, till today, till today, I can only work with that guy. He's the only guy. Now, if radio, I mean, you know, everybody knows that television and radio is on the decline right now, right? But if this guy and I were to work, say, like, um, on a digital platform doing streaming like <laughs> we would we would turn the world upside down because they ain't never heard this stuff before because we're the only two guys the last two guys that that you know we it, we said this on the on the on the on the air one time i well i said it i said Rob, we're the last bastards of radio <laughs> right because it's the last bastion of radio of real radio right and only me and this guy know how to do it and so, you know, whatever. And we went back and, and we proved it. And, you know, there's nothing to prove uh, because the, the environment is totally different. But this was part of my journey to get to my music, right? And I got to tell you, Hawaiians, by the time I got to do the music part, which was, you know, when I did when I did that show, that's when the music opened up. And that's when I started transitioning because first we imaged for the radio station, right? Because I was part of the thing. I was one of the guys. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't a full-time guy. The full-time thing lasted for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. It lasted for a couple weeks until the, the main guy came back. And I got to work with him a little while. And it was, it was funny because he is really, really funny on a professional level. I love listening to that guy. I love being in a studio with that guy. I, he makes me laugh. Sometimes he makes me laugh till I cry. And and this is this is for real. Or like my grandfather would say, this is God's truth. And <laughs> you know, my grandfather was like that. But but yeah. But you know, and I, I used to one time he did his Don Ho impression, right? So Google Don Ho. A lot of people uh young younger than I don't know, 40, and they, they don't know who he is. I, I asked my younger kids who are supposed to be socially, you know, what on it, right? And, hey, do you know who Don Ho is? These guys are in their 20, late 20s, and they're like, no. I'm like, oh, come on, Google. But if you Google Don Ho, right? So this guy that I worked with on radio, right? 
uh, who shall remain nameless, did this impression one day um, of Don Ho. But he did it in such a way that I was sitting, my stomach was sore. I was crying in the studio. Tears was going on my face. I could not stop laughing, right? And that's how funny this guy was. And that's how good this guy was on a professional level. On a personal level, I didn't like the guy. On a personal level, his, you know, for me, I was like, nah, you know, take it or leave it. I did not respect him on a personal level, but very highly on the professional level. Now, when you get into uh, industry or when you, you know, you have colleagues and stuff like that, you have to separate the two. Okay, because what I found out very early in my career before I ever did that show, before I ever got that far, was that co-workers are not your friends. They're co-workers, okay? Colleagues are not your friends. They're colleagues. And don't make the mistake of mixing the two up, okay? Because just because you're around a colleague and they're nice to you at work every day doesn't mean they're your friend, Okay. Just it's just that simple. And when you need those guys or when you, you know, want help from those guys and then you find out, oh, it's like that. <laughs> you know, that's the rude awakening. So, yeah. And this is life coaching. Right. Because a lot of people, you know, a lot of I see a lot of clients right from around the world. I saw this guy in Ireland uh, two days ago. I was in Ireland <laughs> on 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 uh, FaceTime. No, I'm sorry. On Zoom. I was in Ireland on Zoom. Okay, this morning I was in Romania on Zoom. Okay, so I, I'm all over the place. But what I'm what I'm saying is, this happens in every country with every human being. It it just happens. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what country you're in. It doesn't matter what language you speak. This is all the same. And this is why I think a lot of countries are gravitating towards this show. So uh, thank you again for listening. But but here's the thing, right? Hang on. <laughs> Okay, so the reason the reason that you know you don't confuse the two is because in a in a work environment everything's cordial, right? But you be around if you're around those people long enough, you start to develop what you think is a friendship. Okay, but when you like there there was one time I needed you know uh, an endorsement was like you know can you please endorse me for this because I'm trying to get that job or whatever, and like I found out who was actually more friend than colleague and who was just colleague you know it was it was a huge lesson so don't confuse the two okay now on my journey towards music okay first we started just you know it was just uh me and brother wayne and i carried the sound system and i set it up and i did and i said you know what the success right or whatever you consider success um Leon Trotsky, a Russian author, said success is living your life in your own way, right? And my way was like, okay, when we go on roadie, and I told Berowin this, I said, when we go on roadie, okay, I go or what we really meant was a roadie is somebody who sets up the equipment and does that, you know, a producer, right? And but I said roadie in those days. I said, bro, when we get on roadie, that's when we know we made it, right? So we we did like for a couple of years, we did this. Right. And then um, and then we met this guy and then we made friends with this guy and, and we liked this guy because he was just a good person. He was a great guy. Right. And he became our producer. OK. 
And and at that point, when he became our producer, we was like, yeah, this is happening, right? And then we started doing five shows a weekend. And then we said, you know, but when I went to the studio, of course, they would ask me like, hey, how, how's it going? Or what? I'm, well, it's okay. I wasn't at the studio going like, oh, bro, we, we get five shows a week. I, I didn't, I wasn't doing that. Okay. Because you got to understand, I already had two companies. I had a production company and I had a school that I built, right? And that's kind of, I don't know. I want to say it's like flexing to say that stuff around people that are working for, you know, um, salary or working for minimum wage or working, whatever. Because, because I was a business owner. I was the only one, you know, that, that was a business owner. So I had to keep quiet about it. I had to, I had to downplay the stuff, but I helped a lot of announcers. You know, I helped, uh, several girls that came to my school on a regular basis. And, and I did not charge them a dime. I just helped them. You know, I even, I even helped this guy, right? <laughs> he, he's like, he, uh, he, what did he tell me? Uh, so this guy I substituted for, the guy I told you, you know, as a person, you know, like that. And I said, I said, hey, come down. I'll help you. I can help you. Cause his, his dream was being a singer, right? And unfortunately, um, I don't know. We were, we were worked against each other, right? Because I thought it was a game. I thought it was part of the show. So, so it just kind of went back and forth, kind of thing like that. But anyway, I offered him and he was like, uh, I'm seeing a reputable person, right? Okay. So, um, that reputable person was a keyboard player. He was, he wasn't a voice teacher, but I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. And, uh, but anyway, but I offered a lot of colleagues, um, free help. In fact, one colleague, I took care of his daughter. Uh, uh, two colleagues, I took care of their daughters. Two of them, absolutely free. One of them gave me a jersey. Um, and if, uh, what is it? NBA official jersey kind of thing, you know? And then the other one, you know, uh, I just took care of his daughter. That's it. And so there's a lot of times where I took care of a lot of people because I was just happy I got to where I got. And you know, when God does this, when God blesses you, and this is the bottom line, when God gives you your dream, right? You gotta, you gotta pass it on. You gotta pass them down. You gotta try to lift people up. You, you have to, uh, what do they say? Pay it, pay it forward. There, you gotta pay it forward. Okay. So, you know, I don't, I don't know why they say pay it forward. Cause you actually, you actually go back and you pull people forward. You actually, you actually help and, and, and pull people up, you know? Um, life is about how many people you can bring with you, you know? And when I used to mention like my boys, like the guys that used to perform on a show, like I used to have these guys perform on a show and I love these guys. I call them my boys, right? So I had two different sets of boys. I had, you know, one set of boys was like my boys, boys, they still my boys. And, um, and, and these, you don't want to meet these guys. Okay. So, especially on bad terms. But then there's these other boys, right? That play music and play and sing and very, very talented boys. And these guys went on to do like awesome stuff. I mean, awesome, awesome. And so I used to mention them on the radio. And this guy used to tell me, Hey, it's not about them. It's about you. Right. And I'm like, no, no. It's about, it's about us. It's about, the show because you know when I was on on that show it was the radio show it was about the radio show when I was talking about my show which was a road show and, and everybody goes what's a road show <laughs> right um but when I was doing my show those those that was my show 
right? And I would talk about it and I would mention names and of course nobody knew them, right? But this one guy, after I put him on my commercials, our producer, everybody knew who he was. Until today, he's a very successful guy, right? But the point is, when you're pulling people up, okay, you have to uh, just do it. You ha- Don't think about it. Just do it. Just open doors. In, in Hawaii, every like there's a gatekeeper for everything in Hawaii. And there's a click. And once the click is turned against you or once you do something wrong that the click don't like. Okay, the thing about the click is locally... They spread out. They go to other jobs. They go to other things, right? And then, and then they, you know, when you, when you go over there or you need something over there, the door automatically slams shut, right? So I always go back to thinking about what my mom said. And my mom goes, you don't need those guys. You don't need those guys. So when we're doing the Waikiki show, so this entertainment thing keeps going, right? And we transition into a show format and we call it the the jun- we called it the junior cakeaway of a junior roadshow now that company is closed already that's done uh we quit the year before covid happened we quit in 2019 and um and we shut down because we were just satisfying the contracts that we had because brother wayne passed away so we were like nah you know this it didn't even feel good Hawaiians. it felt like work it felt like work okay but when my friend was alive right Oh man, we yeah, it was fun. It wasn't even work, you know. But it became work, and it became like ah man, I gotta do this, you know. Like, and so that that was a a different deal, and that became a different that became more more like oh I gotta do this, like a struggle. It wasn't really a struggle, but it was it was work. It was a task that I didn't want to do alone. I didn't want to do it alone, and then I did some stuff with the orchestra. Now that was uh you know, manifestation of a dream. And the orchestra stuff was cool. And I did that for a while. And then, you know, COVID hit. But COVID didn't really shut down uh, the orchestra stuff I was doing. Fortunately, there were no bookings in that year. And then COVID happened. And it had happened kind of early in the year. So so that, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow, it just kind of phased out at the right time. And that was my retirement from entertainment. So I don't I don't do that anymore. Um, But you know, would I go back to doing stuff with the orchestra? Oh yeah, sure, I would. Um, I, I would love that. Uh, that part I would do. But would I go do you know weddings and party business kind of stuff? No. But um, but I was very blessed with that. And whatever it was, God kept going here, here, do this as a business. Here, here's another business to do. Here, here's another, you know, we did a record label. We started producing kids, right? Because I love producing kids because kids need to know that things are possible. If you have a, if you have a child that's interested in music and you record that child and you put them up on iTunes, that self-esteem like, like, like nobody's business, right? And that makes the child feel like, wow, yeah, I can do this. If they can do that when they're a kid, they can do it when they're an adult. They can do it anytime, right? Now, they can, they could be a, I don't know, a scientist, a lawyer, whatever they want to be, right? But on the side, they have something on iTunes and they can, they can still do it. You know, I still have uh, people like that. I, I, I train, right now I'm training someone who has a professional career, Right, but is so good in music that she should record one day, and I might, I might record her. I don't know, but I'm just saying, right, that you know these things are have, things have always been presented to me, but they've been presented to me as a business. 
okay the the reputation thing the but whatever has has happened from radio but i thought that the radio would get me into entertainment right <clears throat> wrong okay it did get me into entertainment, but I had to do it. My version was like, okay, so they're going to see you talented, right? And the record company going to sign you up. And it, No, no, no. You got to go in the political doors, and then you sign the contract, and then you got to be doing the right kind of music, you know, with the day one, and then you got to, you know, that kind of thing. It, it, it's not like uh, It's not like you see in the movies. It's not like on TV. It's not like what I saw. What I saw and what reality was was two different things, okay? And the gatekeepers still exist. The record company's gone. Now everybody's independent, right? So as a result, did I record? Yeah, I did, but I did them on my own. Was my mom right? Yeah, she was right. Okay, I, I got I to admit, my mom was right, okay? Adults have, um, or let's say parents, right? They have foresight that you don't have when you're young, when you're setting out on your dream, you think that they don't know what they're talking about, right? And my mom's famous words, right? I think I'm going to frame, I'm going to put them in on frame. And I'm going to put them on my, my wall in my office, my new office. And it's going to say, you don't need them. Because you know what? Gary V starts saying this. All these guys on social media, all these, these thought leaders on social media, all these guys, that's what they say. They say, you don't need anybody. You need you. You focus on you, and that's good enough, right? Because you have your own life path, first of all. Second of all, because if you just focus on what it is, okay? Manifestation, here we go, okay? Law of attraction, life coaching, here we go. First, visualize what it is you're after. In my case, it was my music, right? But I had this bright idea that, okay, radio is going to get me there. It did get me there. Did it get me to where I wanted, how I wanted? No, it did not. It gave me a business. Did we make a lot of money at the business? Oh, yeah, we made tons of money. Okay, we crossed the million-dollar mark in 2010, and then we did the Waikiki show, and then uh, the rest is history, right? So, and when I was a kid, my mom said, you're never going to make any money playing music. And she was, she was right. She was right, but here's your big fat butt, Hawaiian. She was right. If I would have been the gig musician, okay, the guy who plays gigs, you know, that kind of thing, in, in the lounges and, and whatever, I would still be working for, I don't know, I don't know what they pay now, a couple hundred bucks a night, something like that, right? Um, my overhead was so small, right? And we were charging $19.95 a show, and I worked one hour, that's it. Okay, so I don't know how that breaks down. It uh, it's like seventeen hundred bucks an hour. I got I got paid like seventeen hundred bucks an hour for my show. Okay, but but that's you know like I said, it was presented in a business. If I went to the record company, oh yeah, they would publicize me all over the place, right? But but there's a back end to that. Okay, and we we did that on another podcast. We'll probably do it on another one, so that you guys know how the music industry works. Right? But those guys paid a big price. Did they make money off of their albums? I'm sure they did. Did they make good money off the albums? No. The record company makes the good money off the albums. Okay? And they're still making money off the albums. They sold their inventory to another company. And now they're making money off the albums. Okay, So, you know, and famous entertainers in Hawaii are dead. And those companies are still making money off the albums that they produce for them. Okay, so... 
you know, my f- I, I have okay, not flexing, but I have five albums up on on iTunes, and they're making me money now, not generally in sales, although uh, there are there are um, you know there there's a uh, out of the world population, there's a sprinkle of sales, okay? But there's tons of streaming. Tons of streaming. There's people on my social media, they Google me, they search me, whatever, DuckDuckGo, whatever they got, and they listen to my music. And I'm like, whoa. Somebody told me the other day that's in another country that I life coach. They go, wow, you know, we went on your thing and we, we heard your music and your music is really cool. And I'm like, my original music? And they were like, yeah. And I, oh, man, my sappy stuff I wrote in my early 20s. I mean, um, like when I listen to it, I kind of get shame. I'm like, oh, crap, I wrote that. I did. I actually did that. Like, you know, but they're making money on streaming now. And who knows what the next avenue is going to be? Mm-hmm. I have, I have my music on Instagram. It's on TikTok. It's on Facebook. It's, I mean... It, it's all over. And when somebody posts a story, right, that's a that's, you know, uh, a few cents or whatever, a couple cents, maybe one cent, whatever. I don't know what it is. I haven't looked at numbers. See, the thing um, the thing I learned a long time ago, too. Now, OK, so let's get back to the steps real quick and then I'll tell you. So, number one, visualize what it is you want to do. Number two. OK, number two, write it, speak it and continuously think it. OK. Number three, take baby steps towards the goal. So my baby steps was, you know, my bright idea was radio. So I went to broadcasting school, right? And then that, you know, started like a 30-year thingy down the road. Um, It wasn't until the very last part of those 30 years that things worked out. So here's the thing, right? Now, a lot of people give up right before they they probably were going to hit. And it's not just music or anything. It's like anything. It's like they have a product. They're selling the product, selling the product. Pretty, nothing's working. Nothing's working. Nothing's working. And then they give up. And that last step probably would have been the door that would open and their product would have just soared, right? But they gave up. Okay. So anyway, that's the steps. Okay. But what I was, you know, going to get back to, right, was that a lot of people don't have the courage And I want to say courage because it takes courage to stick to the path. A lot of people don't have that courage because they go a little while. They go, ah, it's not going to work. And they give up. Okay. I don't care if you're selling seashells. I don't care if you're whatever you're doing. Okay. You can make it work. Now, things came to me in the way of business and I was frustrated with it. And I was going, oh, no, I I want to work for the record company. We tried. We tried a couple times to get into the record company. Record company go, nope, sorry, we're not, we're not, we're not interested. And you gotta take the, you gotta take the L, as they say. You gotta take the loss, okay? And you gotta take it like a man or a woman, uh, depending, <laughs> right? But you gotta take it. And so we took it, and we go, okay, well, whatever. And we made our own show. We paid for our own show. You know, a couple of guys made the comment to me like, oh yeah, but you, you paid for the show. Anybody can do that. And yeah, anybody can do that. I mean, it cost me eleven thousand, uh, and and you know we were happy because here's the thing, right? When you make the decision and you commit to something, anything, God brings the money. We had a surge in business right around the time we decided to do the show. We had contracts coming in from our businesses, mainly from from our roadshow. 
and and nobody knew what a road show was right it's a show you take on a road you know so we called it the road show but contracts started coming in enough contracts that we were just missing we were just missing like a couple grand and we borrowed that okay and and we paid interest on it okay but the interest we wrote off on our taxes see that's the thing about borrowing money but i'm not a i'm not here to do a financial podcast but anyway so we did that right and we did the show and we just i wore jeans on the stage and some people are like oh god he's wearing jeans on the stage i mean yeah because you know what that's my stage i paid for it i do what i like if i want to come out in shots i go come out in shots right i mean i do what i like but that has been the theme of my life yeah you could do what you want maybe you cannot be you know in the record company maybe you cannot be the the one of the main guys you know on the radio show maybe you cannot be um whatever the the star on social media maybe you cannot be whatever it is right maybe you cannot be the ceo of that corporation but you can start your own and that's what my mom really meant when she said you don't need them because she saw my businesses working she saw my things work when when i you know when i put it together she saw it work when i did my consulting company it was because she took me to this conference and i sat down and i went through the whole thing right and then she took me to a seminar and i sat through that whole thing and i went through that whole thing and it came to me i was like okay what we really need is a consulting company and i built a consulting company and it worked the first client was a huge retailer national retailer first client boom and it got us started. But but the lesson here, Hawaiians, the law of attraction lesson, okay, is taking baby steps and not giving up and not throwing in the towel when you're not getting results. I cannot tell you the pain that I had receiving five bucks an hour in radio. I cannot even tell you it was horrible, okay? But there were other things that happened on the side. There were people that helped me on the side. And the same guy who helped me in radio helped me on the side. Okay? For whatever reason, I don't know. I still don't know. Okay? When I asked him, he just said, well, because you have a good heart. And I'm like, well, I, I couldn't even comprehend that. I didn't even, that didn't even click with me, right? But then, but then the thing is, right? And I, I'm not, you know, uh, flexing or anything. But the thing is that God will send the right people at the right time. Okay, when you really need it the most, because I tell you, when I when I revisited radio, uh, when was it? A couple months ago already. A couple months ago, I revisited radio. That's when I was probably at my lowest point, and I and I got a text, and it was like, hey, you know, no guarantee, but you like come and you know whatever. I went down, and and the guys at the the radio station was like, hey, welcome back to the fold. I'm like, really? I'm like. Nothing happened. I never even got an email or a text or anything saying yay or nay. Like, like, oh, this is, sorry, no can. Or like, hey, come down and uh, let's uh, let's talk. You know, whatever. Nothing. But but I let it go, right? And so when I talked to my mom, of course, famous words, right? I no, she she didn't say you don't need them. She said, didn't you learn the first time? That's what she said. And I was kind of like, ouch, ouch. But again, my mom was right. You know, I hate to say it. I hate to admit that. But yeah, I was, you know, she was right. I was like, okay. And and she was just saying, what well, you know, you're so hard-headed. You're still trying to go after this stuff. Not because of money. I told them I do it for free, right? Because, because when you do that, you're accomplishing a couple of things, right? 
but the the main thing was like I don't need the money. I don't need money. I make money. In fact, I make more money than radio guys. Okay, maybe not the top two, you know, guys. Or I guess it's there's three of them that make real big money. These guys are millionaires, right? Okay, but what I'm saying is, you you don't um when you're doing something for your soul, when you're doing something you love, when you're doing something that you would do for free, okay, you're doing the right thing, okay. When you're doing it just for money. Or, or when you're focused on only money. I know plenty of people, they focus only on money. And they live very sad lives. They don't live full lives. Very, very shallow lives. Okay. But, you know, for me, it's for my soul. I like laugh. I like have fun. And I want to make other people laugh. You know, and we'll see. We'll see where that goes. I don't know where it's going to go. I have no idea. You know, uh, as far as I'm concerned right now, I'm retired from entertainment. Um, but there may be an opportunity where I come back and then I get to make people laugh. Then I get to have fun. Then I get to laugh. I mean, I cannot tell you, Hawaiians, I, I work so much. Like I work so, I don't work hard. I work long. And I work so long, like every day. Every, Hawaiians, I work every single day. No days off. It's a very, um, hmm. It's a very lonely experience, but very rewarding experience. It is rewarding. I get to do whatever I like. I mean, you know, but the drawback, right? It's like, oh, okay, the laughter not there, the fun not there, but but yeah, can jam them. And, and really, the only people I have fun with is online now when I comment on my social media. That's about it. There's no parties to go to. There's no radio show to do. There's no stage shows to do. There's, there's none of that, okay? So if you're doing any of that, okay, then, then you're really doing something good. It doesn't matter how much you get paid. Trust me, money isn't everything. The last thing you want to do is be stuck with a whole bunch of valuable stuff and not laugh every day. Okay? That's your life lesson right there. But I tell you, bro, when I was... Oh, oh! Sorry, sorry, Alex. I gotta go. But yeah. Do what makes you happy, Hawaii. That's what it's all about. Hey, want to thank Brother Randy, Sister Jared, Island Club and Spa... Down at Kakaako, my favorite place. Oh, I love that place. Oh, hey, also Voice Master Enterprises, family of service companies, AFM Hawaii Music, featuring the music of Darren Janin. Go get his stuff. And uh, yeah, till next time, I'm Brother Junior saying, hey, enjoy your life. Mahalo and aloha. <laughs>